Get ready to listen, learn, and earn CE hours. This podcast features content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Welcome back to our series on patient education, creating teaching moments in practice. And joining me to continue this discussion is Dr. Kim Marianak. In episode one, Kim walked us through our what are teaching moments, barriers to teaching, and even using the nursing process, how we can use the nursing process to help us plan out our teaching sessions. In this episode, we're going to continue the discussion where we're going to talk about ways to collaborate with the healthcare team and overcoming our own challenges in providing patient education. Well, I want to go back to something we ended on in episode one, and that was we really were starting to talk about open-ended questions. And I, I want to go back to open-ended questions because I know we're, we kind of like to sometimes stay away from open-ended questions when we're in a hurry. <laughs> and I think today most nurses, we're, we're in a hurry because we have so many patients. We have so many tasks that have been set on our shoulders. And so can you kind of help us understand, number one, the importance of open-ended questions, but how can we make them so that they don't feel so burdensome in the moment? Right. right. You know, it is hard because there's just so much going on in the healthcare world right now. Um, and even though it's crazy sometimes, we also have to remember, again, going back to the reason that we're here, and it's for the patient. Right. Um, so feeling, you know, making them feel like you're rushed and you don't really care, um, that is not going to help them learn anything. Um, and again, that's going to impact your relationship. So how do you balance that out? Well, you know, again, if you use a close-ended question, so a close-ended question means you ask them a yes or no question, right? Right. So do you feel- Are pain? you in pain? Yes. That's the yes. one we always get to. Oh, Are you in pain? <laughs> I know. And, and you know, most patients, like, you know, they're, they will say no because they don't want to bother you, Right. right. Um, or if they feel like you're in a rush. And so if you were asking them, like what you just taught, do you understand? Most times they're going to say no or yes. I, they're going to say yes, yes. I have an example I want to share, yeah. uh, a, a personal example, um, where you're talking about where the patient says no. My husband had had uh, surgery and it was on his nose. Uh, he was trying to have it reset. And the nurse comes in and says, are you in pain? And he says no. But he's crying with his eyes closed. And in that moment, as a nurse, we should also be assessing what's going on with our patient. So I know for me, yes. if, if my patient says no to me, but I see all the signs of them in pain, blood pressure is higher than what it should be, tears rolling out of their eyes, I'm going to follow up on that. Well, this nurse just turned around and walked out. Oh my I had gosh. to go catch him out in the hallway and say, did you see him crying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he came back and explained to him, uh, you know, why, why you need to tell me if you're in pain. And I think that right there was a teachable moment for not only just me going out and mentioning to the nurse, hey, could you reassess this? Also for the nurse to teach the patient, hey, if you tell me where you are, this is what we have, you know, this is, this is what I will do. But that definitely was a teaching moment. Yes. Yes. That's a great example. 
and and we have to have to remember that you know and you know using the yes or no it really is almost a dismissive thing right right and and that's not helpful for anyone so wonderful example um so the open-ended questions are ones when you let people express right where they can tell you so i you know i mentioned in the last episode that you know tell me in your own words what this means to you right um, but then you know when you are you know a nurse and you have a bunch of other things there is the concern of you know gosh what if this patient's going to tell me their life story yeah and I'm stuck here for and that. they will don't worry <laughs> and they will that's right <laughs> some do <laughs> So you kind of have to have the the limits on um, on how they can answer. So you know, going back to teach back, um, you can say things like, I, "I want you to tell me just in, in one brief sentence what this means to you." Right. So you're letting them express themselves um, without you know giving the go ahead to talk for half an hour. Right. Uh, and and you know the the other thing is you know asking that question what other questions do you have uh, sometimes that can open up floodgates and yes. the, I want people to remember that you know if a, if a patient has you know 12 questions um, first of all that's a bigger concern because they have a lot of questions which means in general we probably haven't done a good job with them or it's new it's or brand it's new. new and it's scary and so it's okay to say, you know what, um, I can answer these two questions right now, and then I will come back later, and we will sit down and go through these other ones. It's right. okay to do that, but but remembering that if you say you're coming back to do this, you need to do that. That's that trust, and and you have to, in order to be an effective, provide effective patient education, you have to have that trust in that relationship. So if you don't come back. You're going to start to tear down that trust that they had That's in you. That's right. That's right. Even if you can't do it, to come back and say, "I know that this. I know that we're going to sit down and talk about this. I know I said two o'clock. Is it? You know, I really have to push it to two thirty. You know, just just making sure that you're letting them know that you haven't forgotten, um, and you didn't just not show up. Yes, and th- and that is important. Um, and the other thing is to you know know that. Obviously, the best laid plans in the nursing world. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, yeah, you think you have time to do this here, and it doesn't happen. But um, right. to try and figure out when you are prioritizing your schedule, if you know that you have some teaching that you need to do, to make sure that you're at least trying to give yourself enough time to do that. Right. Um, I <laughs> talk about an example with the husband. My um, my husband was in the hospital too. He had um, he had two heart attacks actually, which was not good. Oh gosh! And you know this nurse came in. Um, he had just been transferred to the floor from ICU, and he was you know he had been in pain. They had just gotten him up for a walk, and he was super tired. And so he's in the chair and he's kind of nodding off. Doesn't have his glasses with him, and she hands him this paper that they had all these medications first of all it was like in a a big um you know spreadsheet and the font was like you know two font like so <laughs> small and she wanted him to go through this whole list of medications half of which were not his 
to find the one that he was on and read it. it. And I and I just I watched this and I thought, wow, this is super interesting because number one, she just gave it to him and then went over to the computer to you know chart whatever. You know, number two, was this an appropriate time? Mm, I don't think so. Number three, was this an appropriate way to do it? Mm, no, I don't think so. So I just right. kind of sat there and I, I didn't say anything. I thought, wow, that is really interesting. Well, and you can help your husband, but think about those that that they don't they don't have exactly. a family member in healthcare that understand what's happening, that understand what this is saying. Uh, and and you were looking at this, and your husband was probably overwhelmed in that moment. He didn't even um, comment anything because he was just, he didn't even really look at it truthfully because that yeah. wasn't his priority in that moment. And and plus, I'm sure he knew that I'd, I'd sell later. But, you know, <laughs> you're right because, you know, I, my experiences with him have always been, you know, what if we were like, you know, a couple that was in our 80s that had no medical background? You know, what would happen? What would this look like? You know, and it, it does worry me. Right. And I have it's it's kind of a it's an interesting story, but um, my husband had to go into the OR for a vasectomy, and when we were in there, I had nurses and other staff members looking at me saying, "Congratulations! Like, how did you know that the one they did in office didn't work? Like, I was pregnant." And I just looked at them and said, "We did what they told us to do. So did 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 they not receive the same?" education that did, did they just not understand it or i don't know I, I really see some patient education needs with that because I, i'm not kidding every person we came in contact with that looked at his chart said congratulations oh my no gosh. i'm i'm not pregnant i i we did what they said to do yeah we, we followed that patient education that they provided um but i i just i still today find that so flabbergasted by that really it's so interesting mm -hmm. so i want to talk about going back to open-ended questions because you know like you said they're going to open floodgates how do we focus our open-ended questions yeah so so again it really is what is the the need to know information you know when when you have whether it's a medication or a diagnosis or you know some sort of you know getting ready for discharge there are key things that you need to focus on. And and that's what you need to focus. So when you have the open-ended questions with the patient, it's really focusing on, you know, this particular thing. Whereas if you leave it too open, it'll just, you know, go on to, you know, back when I was a child. Um, so medications, for example, you know, what do they need to know? They don't need to know the mechanism of action. You know, no. they don't need to know no. They need to know what is this medication why do I take it? What do I need to look for, right? In terms of you know side effects or you know anything like that, and and what do I do for follow up? That's that's it, you know. So in that example, as a nurse, and I don't want to open the floodgates up, so uh, maybe they're going home with with a diuretic, and I have uh -huh. taught them, um, and but I could say something along the lines of. So in regards to your new medication, what are some questions that you still have about this medication? Yes. So it's still perfect. an open-ended question, right? But I'm focusing it on something specific. 
Yes, that's perfect. Yes. And and also when you give the information, making sure that they know it's okay to ask questions. It's okay of some of the things we're going to expect. So you use the diuretic, for example. You know, one of the things we need to tell them is, you know, this medication will make you go to the bathroom a lot. Right. And that's that we want that to happen. That's okay. You know, it's not a bad thing. And and while you're in hospital, make sure that you, you know, let us know and, and ring the bell before you have to go. And when we'll, we're going to come and do that because we know that. Um, unplanned so, versus yeah, planned. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, what you're yeah. describing to me is like that unplanned teaching moment where yes. I'm giving them the diuretic maybe for the first time in the hospital and I'm saying to them, you're going to go to the bathroom a lot. Remember where here's your call light. Please call us. So that's definitely unplanned versus that planned education, maybe before they go home where we really break it down for that. Right. Right. Don't take it at right. night. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Take it in the morning. <laughs> yeah. There's just, there's a, there's a lot, you know, you, you focus on the little pieces, but also be aware of what else we can help them with. Right. Because if you use those unplanned moments like you're talking about, by the time they get ready to go home and you do more of that formal patient education, they should have a lot of those pieces already. Yes. Yes. Discharge teaching should not be a three-hour event. It should be, you know, we've done a good job of helping them get ready. And now we're just kind of going over and, and reaffirming that, you know, they understand what they need to. Yes, that's so good. I love I love that. That's so important to know. Um, talk. Can we talk a little bit about collaborating with the team when it comes to patient education? Right. You know, you look. You know, again, I, I mentioned resources before, and you know, resources is not just you know your your papers and you know material, and it's your human resources. So you know, as a nurse, you know, they we are kind of the center of the coordination of care. Of patients and it's important to recognize you know what other members need to teach and what we can do together um so providers you know they teach kind of a the, in general they teach you know about the the diagnoses and you know um treatment plan that kind of stuff it's also important for nursing to know what has been taught so you can break it down a little bit um for that patient um, but also recognize, you know, when is it that uh, maybe I need to have, bring in somebody else? Um, so when do I bring in PT? When do I bring in like respiratory? A lot of places they do a phenomenal job talking about inhalers and stuff. Right. So maybe I have a patient that's on albuterol. Maybe they're a better person to work with to do the teaching. Um and, and those complex issues, so if you have someone who has complex, that's when you need to, to do it as a team. Um, and, you know, if you can do it together, again, so everyone's on the same page and you can help follow up. So, for example, I think of, you know, because you brought up the vasectomy. So I think about, you know, when you have a mom who is breastfeeding and you're the nurse at the bedside, you bring in the lactation consultant. Right. And, and I think as the nurse, if you can be there at least for part of that and hear the message from the lactation and, and what they do to help with that, you can help reinforce it. So we have a lot of opportunities to collaborate and need to make sure that, you know, everyone remembers, like, it's not just about nursing has to do this. We have other people who can help. 
And case management, where do, where do they it, come in? Yeah. So case management, I mean, they're very helpful for like continuity of care. And, you know, we talk about, you know, follow-up and, you know, medical equipment and all of those pieces. Um, and, and usually, you know, places that have patients in, in house for a while in the queue, they have discharge planning. And so case management is um, at the table as a social you know, so we can make sure that those resources are there too. Right. I think one of the things that we don't necessarily give ourselves credit for is all the teaching that we actually do with our patient. Because we do provide a lot of unplanned education. And we really should document that. Absolutely. And, you know, documentation is one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. <laughs> and, you know, we we don't document enough. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I've actually been part of, you know, kind of a quality improvement right now that is looking at our documentation for discharge. And when you are looking at it, it looks like nurses are not doing a very good job. But I know that they are because I see them. Right. And so, yeah, every time that you do some sort of, you know, unplanned, you know, teaching and planned, but, you know, I think it's the unplanned that's not captured. Right. Document that. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to write a whole story, but just what you taught briefly and, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they were able to show that they comprehended and any follow-up that's needed. Right. Yep. And I want to go back to the diuretic because, you know, we have a lot of patients that get started on a diuretic in the hospital and we are usually the first ones to give them this diuretic. And we're constantly saying, this is going to make you pee. This is what this is. This is why we're giving it to you. Remember your call light. We want to help you to the bathroom so you don't fall. We are doing that pretty much every time we give them that diuretic in the hospital. But how many times do we actually chart that we have taught them all of these things? Right. Um, And that is time you spent with the patient. And it's so important. Because like they say, if it, you didn't document it, it didn't happen. Even though we know it happened, mm-hmm. we've got to be better at giving ourselves credit for the education that we do provide. Yes. Especially when the patient goes home and calls and they're like, I didn't get any education. But, yes, you did. <laughs> yes. But if it's not in the chart, we can't validate. We can't verify that that, that education was done, even though we know it was done. Right. So giving ourselves credit for it. What are some other things that you can think of that maybe we do that we don't give ourselves credit for in documentation within education? Um, So much, you know, and I think, uh, so talking about the family, for example, you know, some people are good about documenting that they taught the patient something, but not the family. Uh And, And we have to remember that we include that too. Again, like you mentioned, I mean, this is time that has been spent and, you know, part of what we do is nursing. Um, so to be able to capture that, um, because, you know, like, just like, you know, you get the the patient that calls and says, I didn't know. Sometimes it's the caregiver that calls and says, well, nobody told me that my husband right. was going to blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so I think that that's, that's a good thing. I, I think also um, if you do bring in, you know, a collaborator um, from your team. So, you know, put that in there too. Physician at bedside. Yes. Discussing diagnosis with patient or uh, the case manager that's in there to say, 
you, you, you peeked in the room. You saw what was happening. Yes, because I don't think that um, everybody captures that. And so, you know, nursing can be critical to make sure that we're showing that we are providing the education that's needed. And, and again, I think the other key thing is not just what you taught, but um, how they comprehended um, by your assessment and what kind of follow up. You know, because that's the other piece, you know, you mentioned that the person with, you know, the, the Lasix, well, you know, it may have been documented that they we taught them nine times, but if he didn't actually comprehend because we were just talking to him and he's a visual person. Right. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get it. No. Um, what are some challenges? I know we talked about barriers to learning for, for the patient, but there's definitely challenges for healthcare providers and being able to provide education to the patients. Can you kind of talk us through what are some of those challenges and and how maybe we can overcome those? Yeah, you know, the challenges on behalf of the professional um, time, we just, we were talking a lot about that, right? So making sure that there's the time to do it and do it effectively. Um, The distractions, so, you know, if you have other you know, tests that have to be done, you have people coming in the room saying, you know, blah, 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 or like the, you know, the communication devices going off and, you know, saying you have a call and you have this. And um, so all of those distractions really take away from teaching. Um, and then the other piece, just like we talked about in the first episode, was the level of comfort, you know, and there is an emotionality, emotionality when we, or communicating with people, whether it's teaching right. or just, you know, talking in general. And it's it's really hard um, if you are not comfortable with that. How do you um, communicate effectively and how do you teach effectively? Um, right. So when we talk about assessment, it's not just assessment of the patient in front of you. It's assessment of the environment. It's assess- assessment of yourself and, and the situation that's happening. Right. Um, what about resources? I know in a lot of places you you might not have the resources that you need. So yeah, so that's that's a hard one, especially with human resources, you know, because that's a really good commodity. Um, you know, and and some hospitals they do they have you know availability of patient education, you know, systems and all of that good stuff. If you're a smaller place, not so much. So I, as nurses, like you need to know where to find those resources. Right. Um, you know, please don't ever go on Wikipedia because that's not a good resource. But, you know, there are, there are resources out there that have, you know, good patient education that will help you. Um, so, you know, like, um, you know, Medline Plus, for example, has a materials that's patient friendly. So it's, you know, not that, that high medical jargon. Um, and, and of course, you know, the human resources we do have, so experienced nurses will help with that. Um, and just kind of searching that out, that's that's what's going to help you for the, the planned education. And I think the more experience that people have with teaching, you know, in a planned arena, then when it comes to the unplanned moments, it's, it's going to be easier. Right. Um, you know, I see a lot of heavy workloads mixed with maybe a lack of managerial support also being something that affects us having the time in order to be able to provide effective patient education. And, and what do you have to, 
what words of wisdom, support do you have for for nurses and healthcare providers who want to provide the education but are are really just struggling with two things that we can't really fix? Yeah, yeah, it it is hard. So you know, and I um I don't like the words multitasking. I'll just tell you that right now. Yeah. So you know, I always hear about people. Oh well, I multitask. Well, no, actually, you don't. So if you try to multitask and document while you're teaching, just like that example with my husband, it's not going to be effective. Right. Uh, but but advocate. That's that's the real big thing I can say is that when we talk about workload and you know census and acuity, the need for patient teaching is part of that. It really is. And so have that advocacy of, um, you know, speaking up and saying, I need to have time to do effective teaching, you know, and, and if it's a chain of command thing, like have that conversation first with your charge nurse and then with your manager and then all the way up the chain, you know, is it going to make a difference? I hope so. But um, you really do need to have that ability to speak up and say, I need to do this because... It is all about the patient. And you know, if you want to, you can also say studies have shown that, you know, effective patient education has better outcomes, has better, you know, relationships, better satisfaction, all of those good things we like. So as we kind of come to the end of, of episode two, what are, let's talk about professional development. How can we get better at creating teaching moments? You know, it really has to do with um, practice for one thing. You know, as nurses, it's it's all about the nursing process. And and honing in on the assessment skills is important. Just like you mentioned, you know, your husband had pain and it wasn't really assessed very well. That's something nurses have to develop because the more assessment you do, the more you're going to be able to identify those teaching moments. You know, really work on that and the communication you know, watch verbals and nonverbals from your patients and families. You know, look at what, if you are in their shoes, what do you need to know? And find out that information so that you can help take that to them. Absolutely. This has been so, so informative. We have come to the end of our series on um, patient education, creating teaching moments in practice. And Kim, thank you so much for being here and sharing some really great insight. We know that patient education is one of the fundamental roles of being a effective nurse. Um, and we know that it also has been shown continuously um, that it's going to increase the care that we provide for our patients. It's gonna decrease patient readmission rates um, and it's gonna empower them to be able to take ownership of their own care at home. So it's so important. and. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Um, To our listeners, I hope you have gained some great insight into this topic, and we encourage you to explore many of the other courses we have available, uh, one of which is uh, on patient education, and they're available on EliteLearning.com to help you grow in your careers and earn CEs. This podcast featured content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Take your learning to the next level by subscribing to more podcasts on compelling healthcare topics.